0: This program is brought to you by Bible Way Media, a work of the Ulaga Church of Christ. Hello, and welcome to the podcast, Spiritual Appetizers, small devotional tidbits to stimulate the spiritual appetite. Matthew chapter 4 and verse 4 says, Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. The topic for discussion today in episode 15 is going to be from 1 Timothy chapter 6 verses 3 through 10. It is great gain when the Christian consents to the words of the Lord, the Scriptures, and is content with godliness. 1 Timothy 6, verses 3-10 read, If anyone teaches otherwise, and does not consent to wholesome words, even the words of our Lord Jesus Christ, and to the doctrine which accords with godliness, he is proud, knowing nothing But is obsessed with disputes and arguments over words, from which come envy, strife, reviling, evil suspicions, useless wranglings of men of corrupt minds, and destitute of the truth, who suppose that godliness is a means of gain, from such withdraw yourself. Now godliness with contentment is great gain, for we brought nothing into this world, and it is certain we can carry nothing out, and having food and clothing, with these we shall be content. But those who desire to be rich fall into temptation and a snare and into many foolish and harmful lusts which drown men in destruction and perdition. For the love of money is a root of all kinds of evil, for which some have strayed from the faith in their greediness and pierced themselves through with many sorrows. Contentment with godliness is great gain. When we consent to the words of the Lord and to the doctrine which accords to godliness. There's a lot of pain and suffering in this world that can be taken out of the way if we simply lived the way that God wants us to live. Those that do not want to consent to the words of the Lord are proud because the way the Lord wants us to live is the best way possible. And if we think that we know better than God, we are proud. We are obsessed with arguments and we cause strife, envy revilings and evil suspicion useless wranglings of men of corrupt minds and destitute of the truth who suppose that godliness is a means of gain from such withdraw yourself and we still have this problem in the world today that we see that people are going after money the pursuit of money has caused all different kinds of problems in the world today For the love of money is the root of all kinds of evil, for which some have strayed from the faith in their greediness and pierced themselves through with many sorrows. This love has caused many people to fall into temptation and into a snare and to fall away from the truth of God's word. We see this problem in the world today, especially when it comes to Sunday morning worship assembly when we have been commanded together with the saints and we look around the auditorium we see so many people that are not sitting in the pews with us worshiping god as we've been commanded to do in hebrews chapter 10 and verse 25 but they're going after money and they're going after worldliness in this world and instead of being in worship they have their children at ball games or they've got their children at different school activities thinking that Education is going to bring them happiness in this world, but they need to read Ecclesiastes and Solomon's pursuit of happiness apart from God. And his conclusion was, all is vanity of vanities. You see, nothing can bring happiness apart from God's word. Eventually, all is going to end in is a separation from God, Isaiah chapter 59, verses 1 and 2. So how is godliness with contentment great gain? The first way that godliness with contentment is great gain is that at the end of our life as Christians, we're going to have a reward. We're going to be blessed. In Revelation chapter 14 and verse 13, it says, Then I heard a voice from heaven saying to me, Right, blessed are the dead who die in the Lord from now on. Yes, this says the Spirit, that they may rest from their labors and their works follow them you see if we die in the lord we're going to be blessed and our works are going to follow us and we're going to have a reward of heaven in the same book in revelation chapter 21 looking at verses 3 through 4 the bible says that i heard a loud voice from heaven saying behold the tabernacle of god is with men and he will dwell with them and they shall be his people God himself will be with them and be their God, and God will wipe away every tear from their eyes. There shall be no more death, nor sorrow, nor crying. There shall be no more pain, for the former things have passed away. Away, And so godliness with contentment is great gain at the end of our life. When we lived a godly life and we hear, enter in thou good and faithful servant to your reward, it's going to be great gain for the Christian because God is going to wipe away every tear from their eye. There shall be no more death, nor sorrow, nor crying. There shall be no more pain. For the former things of this world that have caused these things are going to have passed away. And so when we have been approved of by God, and we hear, Thou good and faithful servant, it is going to be great gain in our lives that we have been content with the wholesome words of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. It is great gain when the Christian consents to the words of the Lord, the Scriptures, and is consent with, content with godliness For God so loved the world, that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. For God did not send his Son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. John chapter 3, verses 16 and 17. What great gain it is for us to know that God loved us so much that he sent his Son, that we should have everlasting life in heaven with him. In a place where he's going to wipe away all pain, there's not going to be any suffering. The former things of this world are going to have passed away. But there's another reason why godliness with contentment is great gain. Read with me John chapter 20 verses 30 and 31. And truly Jesus did many other signs in the presence of his disciples, which are not written in this book. But these are written that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that believing you may have life in his name. The best life that a Christian can have, that a person can have, is one that follows after God. One that does what God wants him to do. In John chapter 8, in verse 32, it says, And you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. When you know the truth, you are free from every lie that is in the world. All the way back in the garden, when Adam and Eve were in the garden, the serpent lied to them. But they knew the truth. If they would have simply held on to the truth, they would have been able to stay away from sin. But they didn't. They let go of the truth and they believed the lie that Satan told them. And because of this, they were cast out of the garden because they had died spiritually. Romans chapter six, verse twenty three, for the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God's eternal life through Christ Jesus. They could have had an easier life in the garden, if they simply would have been obedient to God. And that same life that they had in the garden could be ours today if we will simply be obedient to God. There are so many things in this world that cause pain and suffering that don't have to exist if we follow God's word. The pain that comes along with broken houses and divorce and remarriage and children being raised not living in the same house with their parents. All that pain that is caused by that broken and divided family, if we'd simply live the way that God wants us to live, could be done away with. We wouldn't have to go through it. We could have a better life in this world if we simply would consent to the words of the Lord and to the doctrine which is according accords with godliness and be content with godliness. What about drunk driving and all the pain and suffering that has been caused and loss of life that has been caused by drunk driving? This would not exist if we followed God. You see how God's law makes our life better? All the pain and suffering of fornication, of of teenage pregnancy before marriage would all be gone. We would not have to worry about another single mom, teenage mom, not being able to finish high school because they have to raise a child before that they got pregnant with before they got married if we'd lived according to the word of God because such things like that would not happen. And we'd understand that that type of relationship is only for husbands and wives. And there's a reason why God put the two together. It's not good for man to be alone. It's not good for woman to be alone. But to to have that relationship And be able to raise godly children together, and how much easier it is when we do it God's way. You see, Jesus came into this world that we may have life in his name. In Matthew chapter 25. Looking at verses 31 and following, the Bible says, When the Son of Man comes in his glory, and all the holy angels with him, then he will sit on the throne of his glory. All the nations will be gathered before him, and he will separate them from one from another, as a shepherd divides his sheep from the goats. And he will set the sheep on his right hand, but the goats on the left. When did we see you a stranger and take you in, or naked and clothe you? Or when did we see you sick, or in prison and come to you? And the king will answer and say to them, Assuredly, I say to you, inasmuch as you did it to one of the least of these, my brethren, you did it to me. You see how this makes the world a better place? When we take care of one another, when we help one another, when people can't take care of themselves, we step in and we make sure that people are taken care of. We give them drink. We take care of them when they're sick. We visit them in prison You see, when we do these things, we make our world a much better place to live in. Godliness with contentment is great gain. It is great gain when the Christian consents to the words of the Lord, the Scriptures, and is content with godliness. You see, it makes this world a better place. And that is great gain to the Christian. In Philippians chapter 4 and verse 13, But I rejoice in the Lord greatly, that now at last your care for me has flourished again, though you surely did care, but you lacked opportunity. Not, not that I speak in regard to need, for I have learned in whatever state I am to be content. I know how to be a base, and I know how to abound. Everywhere and in all things I have learned both to be full and to be hungry both to abound and suffer need i can do all things through christ who strengthens me paul had learned to be content with whatever condition he found himself in whether he was rich or poor whether he was being persecuted or living a really good life at the time he learned to be content he learned how to do all things through christ who strengthens me When we have problems in this world, when we're suffering, but we understand and we know on whom we have believed and am persuaded that He is able to keep that which He has committed to me against that day, when we understand this and that we can do all thanks to Christ who strengthens me, the hard times become easier when We learn how to cast our cares upon Jesus. You see, godliness with contentment is great gain. We don't have to be depressed. We don't have to be down because of the struggles we're going through. We can turn to Christ and we can learn how to get through the hard times of our lives if we'll live the way that God wants us to live. And understand that godliness with contentment is great gain. You see, Paul could have been severely depressed by all the things that he went through in his life. He was thrown into prison. He was beaten. His brothers, his brethren, his fellow Jews were the ones that were persecuting him. And throwing him into jail. And giving him all kinds of hardships in his life. But you see, he understood that if he lived a godly life, that there was going to be a reward at the end of it for him. And that he was going to be able to go to heaven where all of his tears, all the pain of this life, the former things of this life, were going to be gone. And that he was not going to have to worry about those things. This life is temporal, but we have an everlasting life in heaven for those that are godly, and that brings great contentment into the life of a Christian. It brings the peace that surpasses all understanding, which will guard our hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. In First Timothy chapter four, and verse twelve, it says, Let no one despise your youth, but be an example to the believers in word, in conduct, in love, in spirit, in faith, in purity. If we will learn how to do that, if we will learn how to be an example to the world, then we will learn that this world it promises very little that will bring true happiness. Nothing that will bring true happiness. In first Timothy chapter four and verse eight it says for a bodily exercise profits a little, but godliness is profitable for all things, having promise of life that now is, and of that which is to come, Godliness is profitable for all things of the promise of the life that now is. It will make your life better now. It will take away a lot of the suffering and things in this life if we simply all would live by it. But it will also give us a peace that surpasses all understanding, knowing that if we are suffering in this life, that there is a reward later where all those things will be gone if we'll simply live a godly life. But the things of this world, like bodily exercise, they're temporal, and they will pass away. Godliness with contentment is great gain. It is great gain when the Christian consents to the words of the Lord, the Scriptures, and is content with godliness. This is... So as we go about our lives today, let's take this little bit of food and apply it to our lives, digest it into our lives, and mold our lives around the Word of God. This has been Spiritual Appetizers, small devotional tidbits to stimulate the spiritual appetite. Thank you. So as we go about our lives today, let's take this little bit of food and apply it to our lives, digest it into our lives, and mold our lives around the Word of God. This has been Spiritual Appetizers, Small Devotional Tidbits to Stimulate the Spiritual Appetite. Thank you. We hope you enjoyed this program. We encourage you to subscribe to our podcast on Pandora, Spotify, or Podbean. Thanks for listening.